Amen. It's not often that the 4th of July falls on a Sunday. And uh, we, we won't have church tonight as you have an opportunity to be with, with family and, and friends and to celebrate our great country. Um, you know, I started looking at the great decoration stuff around here for the 4th. And I tell you what, I love this one over here. I might have to walk over there to see it, but I'm going to share it real quick. I think it's powerful. We recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus, John Adams and John Hancock. Man, we live in a day where it seems like our country is getting beat up. And I love to be reminded of the fact that people who started this country, were part of the forming of this country, said we recognize no sovereign but God and no king but Jesus. And, and so I want to, if you'll stand in God's honor, I'm reading from John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36 this morning is our key text. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If I hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Let's pray. Set us free, Jesus. We need you. Father, um, I just pray that your spirit continues to be welcome in this hour, Lord. Thank you for being with us thus far. Don't leave us now. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Lord, draw us to the truth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, guys, when we get this time of year, July 4th, I am always drawn to a ministry called Wall Builders. I don't know how many of you are familiar with that ministry. David Barton and his son Tim now have joined him. But they have a heart for American history and our founding fathers. And they have a library full of, of volumes, original volumes, that date back to our founding fathers and the early history of our nation. And so I want to, I just went, I went wall builders. You know, I didn't have all day to sit there and read. I get into that stuff. It's so enjoyable. But I just wanted to share with you something briefly that caught my attention that I learned as I read. We all know that today, July 4th, is the day that the Declaration of Independence was signed. And that happened in convention or Independence Hall in Philadelphia, uh, which Philadelphia was the capital city, first capital city. And the story, though, goes back, uh, according to the Bartons, two years earlier, in a small building behind Independence Hall, known as Carpenter Hall, where the patriots came together, and they had quite a task. I mean, we're talking England, who had the greatest navy in the world, 
was truly a powerful military nation. And they were seeking to declare freedom, a band, a militia, put together. Uh, it seemed like a no-win situation. And there were even those among the leadership of the colonies who were having their doubts that we bit off more than we can chew. But as this small band gathered together, they realized that the 13 colonies could not be independent if they were going to reach this goal of freedom. They had to come together. And they had to be bound together as one. And so they did the smartest thing they probably ever did. They said, we better pray. And, and there was a church, Christ Church, that was nearby that many of these early patriots attended. So they went over there to the pastor of that church, Jacob Shea, and they said, Pastor, we need, we need God. And, and so they got on their knees and they began to pray. But now let me tell you something. This wasn't one of those little 30-second prayers. You know, it wasn't one of those things where the little boy got so tired at night that he just, he just wrote a prayer and taped it to the ceiling that said, God bless the whole world, thanks. Fall asleep. It wasn't like that. They got on their knees and for over two hours, they cried out to God. And they said, God, what do you want us to do? Give us direction. And in part of that time, God turned them to Psalm 35. And then He spoke to them in Psalm 35. And <laughs> amazingly enough, God would move to the point we are today as He moved in the hearts of those early men. Uh, there were seven of the people who signed the Declaration of Independence buried in the graveyard of Christ's church there in Philadelphia. One of the guys uh, there I want to mention was a guy named Francis Hopkinson. He's one of the signers. And he was also the music minister in that church. And he was no wishy-washy Christian. You know what that rascal did? He took all of the psalms and he wrote music to all 150 psalms and created a hymnal for them to sing out of. And there were a number of, of fellow patriots who came together and sought God and moved among them. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is not merely those early days of seeking God and seeing God show up and then having the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Oh, by the way, do you know what the difference is between the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution? Sometimes we almost act like they're the same or interchangeable. But in reality, the Declaration of Independence was the declaration we're going to be free. Making that declaration and from that point forward, stepping out to be free. And the Constitution of the United States, a document that was written to give us insight and rules into how to carry out that freedom so that we as a republic might remain free. And what I want to share with you this morning is a declaration that we are to have. The declaration of Christ. To be free in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Uh, 
Notice what Jesus says here in verse 31. To the Jews who had believed Him, Jesus said, If you hold to My teaching, you are really My disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The trouble was, these religious leaders, these good old Jews, that believed they were somebody, they looked at Jesus and said, What do you mean we're not free? Who do you think you are saying that we need to be set free? We're Jews. In other words, they said, we got the pedigree. We got the pedigree. Now, pedigree, I kind of looked that up in the dictionary. It talks about that's someone who is distinguished. Are you guys distinguished? Important. Self-important, distinguished, somebody. Right? It reminds me of the, uh, the guy that had this purebred dog. He said, how do you know he's purebred? I know he's purebred because if he could talk, he wouldn't even talk to me. So distinguished, somebody, and, and, and that is how they reacted to Jesus. Jesus said, you need to be set free. And they said, who? Us? We're free. And it's like they forgot their own history. They were self-deceived. Man, they had gone through many decades, uh, many times of slavery. They were slaves to Egypt for 400 years. They were slaves to the Assyrians, slaves to the Babylonians, slaves to the Greco-Macedonians, slaves to the Syrians, and now they were under bondage to the Roman Empire. They were not truly free. But Jesus did not indulge their fantasy. Jesus did not stop there and say, okay, whatever you say, if you say you're not free, I'll just leave you alone. That is not what He said. I want you to notice in verse 34, the response of Jesus. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. In other words, guys, you might be doctrinally flawless, and you might love like a cat loves catnip and purr. That's good. But that is not enough to set you free. Because freedom is not found in our pedigree. It is not found in how great we believe, how doctrinally pure we are. It is not even found in how much we do love others. It is found in the freedom that Christ alone can provide. Look what Jesus goes on to say to these pedigree people here <laughs> he says now a slave has no permanent place in the family this may sound kind of harsh he looks at him and he says okay you claim to be part of the family but you're really a slave now he's already told us what he meant by that he says you are a slave to sin. And the truth of the matter is, everyone has that issue. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
In Ecclesiastes 7, verse 20, we are told, Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. We are all sinners. According to God, if you want to just get blunt about it, I mean, I don't see any sense in trying to spare anybody's feelings who think that they have pedigree, but the truth of the matter is, none of us in the sight of God, according to our works, are distinguished. The truth is, we deserve to be extinguished. That is what the Scriptures declare. We are simply in trouble. John 3.16, man, we can all quote it. Go ahead and say it with me through the old King Jimmy. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that is, that's awesome, man. You just take that verse and share the gospel. It's so beautifully shared. And, and of course, we love that verse. But I'm going to ask you, do you know the next two verses? I want to share them with you. Verses 17 and 18. For God did not... I heard somebody there does know it. Amen. We might be safe through them. Do you know 18? You're doing good. Let me, let me share 18 with you. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. Now, I like that part, don't you? Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But listen to this next part. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. See, sometimes we think, well... You know, the judgment is to come and one day you will be condemned. But the scripture says, you're condemned already. At this very moment, we are all under condemnation if we do not know Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. That is what Jesus clearly said. So, the question is, If I'm not good enough, if I'm not distinguished, if I don't have the right pedigree, how can I ever become a part of God's family? Because Jesus said, a slave doesn't have any permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to a forever. So how do I become, how do I become kin to the living God? How do I join in? How am I adopted in? Well, I'm glad you asked. You know, for a preacher, that's like throwing a bone to a dog. Or maybe some kind of gourmet food. We, our dog keeps stealing our sweet potatoes. She likes them. Maybe I need to get her some sweet potato dog food. Right? Um, we need to be set free. It is not enough to trust in what we can offer because what we can offer is simply not enough. And so the good news is the way we become part of the family of God is not through our pedigree. It is through Jesus. It is through the work of Christ. He is through the work of the cross. 
So if the Son sets you free, verse 36, you will be free indeed. Jesus became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, I'll tell you a little story here as I close out this sermon. You know, it's, it's funny how God gives sermon in, uh, illustrations last moment when you don't expect it, but this is where this comes from. Uh, Atticus was out with his family. I seen the other side of the family yesterday, so he came in kind of, well, kind of late for us. We stayed up a little later last night. My son Nathan was at the house, and we were watching the basketball game. And anyway, Atticus came in, and so Cindy told him, you've got to go to bed. He didn't like the idea, but hey, that's, that's the way it goes, kid. So she took him up. She's reading him a book. Nathan and I are downstairs watching the game. All of a sudden, we hear this scream. We hear a noise. And Nathan looks at me and says, What was that? I said, I have no idea. Not long after that, they come down the stairs. Cindy said, I was reading the book to Atticus, and there was a wasp in my hair on top of my head. And then they noticed there were a couple other wasps. So, I got to tell you, I'm proud of my woman. <laughs> hey, she is a fighting woman. She killed, about, she killed about three of those wasps, took them out. But so they're like, come up. Because it's like, Pop, you got you to gotta see. You got to see this. And I'm okay. So I go up there. Those rascals. I'm using that word a lot today, right? Anyway, behind the mini blinds, where you actually put the blinds in, you know, at the, the top that hold, holds the mini blind, they had built a wasp nest back behind the mini blind, so it was almost impossible to knock that thing down without there being severe repercussions. You know what I mean? And so it was late for us, and so we, we moved Atticus to a different room, and said, uh, don't worry, Atticus, after you leave tomorrow, we'll deal with it. Now, guys, I got thinking about this. Atticus's room had been invaded. And Atticus's room had been captured. Captured. Those wasps came in there, and they took over my grandson's room. And I think that's one of the reasons my woman's a fighting woman. She said, you ain't taking me and my grandson out. Hmm. And so we closed that room off. And let me tell you something. Judgment day for the wasp is coming. <laughs> there is no question that judgment of, well, not God, but Todd, is coming <laughs> upon those wasps. I hadn't figured out exactly how I'm going to rush in there and take care of the situation, but it's got to happen. And it will happen. And that room will be won back. That room will come back to where it started. In the right hands. To the proper owner. To the one who deserves to use it. Without the threat of a sting. And you know what guys? I got thinking about that. That's where we are now. The sting of sin is still among us. Sometimes we get stung. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes we feel like that we can't stay where we want to stay because we're constantly getting stung or there's this threat that we're going to get stung. 
But let me give you some good news. Jesus came and he took care of the stains. Listen to uh, Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. The sting of death removed. The fear of eternal death, of being separated from the living God, that curse was taken out. But the only way that that could occur is for that curse to be placed upon the only one who was not cursed. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And so I say to you, church, that is our declaration of independence. Are you free in Christ? Do you know the liberty that was won on a cross? An old rugged cross. And the truth of the matter is, we all believe in our hearts we have some kind of pedigree. And what we tend to do is say, hmm, hmm, well, I know I'm a little better than you. But here's the problem. In some ways you may be, but you're not better than God. You need a Savior, and so do I. And guys, the truth of the matter is, if you come here and you forget me, who I am, what I've said, big deal. But if you forget the Savior, you miss it all. And so my plea to you, as I think about this Independence Day for our nation, I want to make sure it is clearly independence for everyone here. And for those who may be listening online as well, you do not have to live in bondage. You do not have to be defeated. There is victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The sting of death has been taken away. The curse of the law has been removed because Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, sacrificed Himself for you and for me. Don't miss Him. Don't miss Him. As we have an altar that's uh, open, as we want to be honest before God, just obey His voice whether it's to come to pray, to make a decision He wants you to make, uh, to come forward in obedience to Him. We just want to say yes to the Spirit of God. Let's pray. God, I thank You for another day to be with Your people. And I thank You, Father, that um, Your Spirit is speaking. May we just say yes to Your call. We thank You for the glorious cross. <laughs> for without the work of the cross our pedigree would not be distinguished, but leave us extinguished. So, thank you, Jesus. Father, uh, we give this time to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand with me, we're going to sing Amazing Grace.
with me she won't Forever. 
guys, you guys have a seat and front row, you guys come up here and uh, man, we are just great, grateful for God moving among us and I want to introduce you to these three families that come forward. Uh, you know Jan and Ken Maiden Stephanie's parents and they believe God is calling them to hook up here to join Kingsway and do this thing together called Living for Jesus. Coming from Sullivan Baptist Church, and uh, just very grateful for them to be here today. And then over here, we have Mary and Richard Bowman, and we're grateful for them. They come from First Baptist, Bristol, and uh, just grateful that they're here. And They too, they too want to, they too want to join, be a part of the church. I, I always think this is kind of crazy, but back, you know, back in the dinosaur days when I wrote some research papers, there was a little word called ibid. It just means if you if you use that reference, you're using it again. And so I guess uh, I've used this reference and I'm using it again <laughs> a couple of times as they come to be a part. So I want you to welcome them. And, and then of course we've got Scott and. Um, Gail, I have gone brain dead with you guys and Jennifer. Thank you. I, I knew. <laughs> and they come from is it, now what is Bay Life. I told them. I said. I told all of them. I said I will forget somewhere in here. And of course, it would it would be with them. And so they too come and and uh, just a blessing, a blessing to us. So excited about them being a part. <laughs> Not asked any of them if they wanted to say anything and. Uh, I think Scott might. Never pass up an opportunity. <laughs> Gail and I were talking about our decision to uh, become part of this family. And we left our home church where I became a Christian at age 21 in Pennsylvania in 1979. And we've been part of four other churches over the years. And when we came here, it was the first time since home we felt home. Uh, we love you guys, and thanks for having us as part of the family. Um, I'm the family talker, okay? <laughs> Richard doesn't talk that much. That much. <laughs> I do talk. <laughs> I want to say something. Um, I've been a Christian for 41 years, been everywhere. Uh, been in the Methodist Church, been to Baptist Church, um, been all kinds of different places. The Lord uh, has taken me to all of them. And I thank God today that He, uh, we believe with all of our heart, He has brought us here. I told him I was shy. <laughs> no, we uh, we have been to some churches and uh, members there, and we know that Jesus is the only way, and we feel led here because of the warmth and the love in this church. Um, Stephanie invited us to come, and we we immediately felt the love and of course all we planned to do this a long time ago but then COVID happened 
and that messed up the whole world. So, um, and so we've decided that this is the place for us. This is the place where we want to serve, and and we intend to, if you will let us. And we are so blessed to be here and be with our family, be with my little grandson and my daughter, and worship again together. And we appreciate Todd and the whole church, and we thank you for accepting us. Me too. <laughs> Ibid. Uh, all right, guys, I'm going to have a word of prayer, and is our practice around here. People want to come up, and they feel comfortable to just say, welcome. Yeah, well, I, you know me, I'm not too worried, but just want to say that so people have a chance to come. So I'm going to say a word of prayer, and I always say this because it's so cool. I am the closest, so I seriously doubt anybody's going to beat me to hugging necks. So let's pray. God, thank you for allowing us, Lord, to be here and for working. And so, Father, just continue to work. It, it always amazes me. You choose to work through so little. We're not much. But you are. So just work. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.